Hi everyone, welcome back to the Streaming Science Podcast. Streaming Science is a student-driven effort to connect you with the scientists and science topics for ultimately increasing our understanding of how science impacts our everyday lives. I'm Shelby Howell, a student at UF majoring in Agricultural Communications, and I'll be your host for this episode. This is our H2NO series. In each episode, you'll learn more about the water around us, from the faucet in our kitchen, to the water running through our cities, to the streams, lakes, and oceans around us. Water has the powerful ability to connect every living thing, plants, animals, people, agriculture, and natural resources. In this podcast interview, I talked to Dr. Chelsea Crandall, who is currently doing research for the University of Florida's School of Forest Resources and Conservation. I chose to talk to Dr. Crandall because she is studying the human impact on fisheries. And as an avid fisherman and native Floridian, I felt that this topic would be really impactful. Join us while we dive into our interview. What is your research project? Let's start there. Sure. I have a few research projects, but so if we step back, um, I'm a human dimensions researcher, right? Mm -hmm. So I study people. So my work looks at things like why people do what we do, you know, what, what determines our behavior, why we do certain things, why we don't do other things. And a lot of that has to do with conservation behaviors. So when we talk about things that might, you know, help the planet or help conservation, why do people do certain things? Why don't they do others? And then I also look at why people feel the way we do about things, why we trust science, why we might not trust science. Um, And then in a broader, bigger sense, how we connect people with science and management. So I look at citizen science and science communication. Um, And also, again, connecting people with management decisions. And so um, that was sort of all over the place. That's the broad sense of what I do. Yes. So that's that's the big picture. So then in that, I have specific research projects. And one of them that we just finished was working on a lake habitat management plan, which is a lot of words. In it. But um, so we worked on Lake Estepoga, which is in central southern Florida. And they had a lot of conflict and distrust and, you know, people who were unhappy with how the lake was managed and what the lake looked like. So the state agency called FWC, Fish and Wildlife, Mm -hmm. manages plants and habitat on that lake. And so in light of how much conflict and distrust there was, they brought us in to work with people who lived in that community to come up with a plan to say what they wanted to see on the lake. When we talk about plants and habitat on the lake, what the community wanted to see. And then FWC would use that to manage it into the future. So that's a specific example of ways that my work looks at how we connect people in communities Mm -hmm. with agencies and managers who are making decisions about whatever it is they're using, the resource they're using, the fish they're catching. So tell me um, how you got from like a biological science into the social science. Oh yeah. Cause it's sort of, if you look at my background history, I look like I'm all over the place, right? Yeah. I started with snakes and sea cucumbers and ended up studying people. Here. <laughs> <laughs> so I started, I always wanted to be a marine biologist. I went to college, you know, said on, I'm going to do marine biology and I want to work with the ocean and work with animals that live in the ocean. And I really liked science too. Cause science is, is super fun. It's asking questions, finding out things nobody knows. And so it's like, okay, I can do marine biology. I can work in science and do things that have a positive impact on the ocean and the things that live there. And 
So I started off working in all sorts of different labs. Like I said, I worked with sea snakes. I worked with uh, sea cucumbers and snails, and I worked with sharks for a while. And eventually I ended up in the field of fisheries. And if you don't know what fisheries is, it's, it's what we call a system where we have an animal that lives in the water and people that are catching it. And so if you work with animals that are part of a fishery, those animals that are, that people are catching, to me, it was a really applied way to have a positive impact. So, um, I like fishing. Fishing is really important in the state of Florida and working in fisheries was a way to, you know, work towards ensuring we have sustainable fishing now and in the future, right? So when we talk about sustainability, that just means enough fish for people to catch now and people to catch in 10 years and in 50 years and 100 years, and also enough fish for the whole system to keep functioning. Uh, so I was working with fish. I was really excited. I worked with a species called greater amberjack in the Gulf of Mexico for my master's degree, which if you've never seen or caught a greater amberjack, they're awesome. They're super fun. They're like puppies in the ocean. I really, really love them. Um, and it was really fun. But halfway through that degree, I took a course on fisheries management and I learned about the human dimension side of things. And I learned that you could study people, which I hadn't known before then. And I saw it as a way to have a really direct impact because when we talk about sustainability, when we talk about impacts to the ocean and to animals and wildlife, a lot of what we're talking about is the actions that people are doing, what people are doing, why they're doing it, why they might not trust science, for example. And so I got really excited about that and ended up studying people. So that is how one goes from working with snakes to fish to people. <laughs> it's very long, yeah. but it worked well. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I um, read an article and that you had done previously and you talked about like the human dimensions of fisheries and mm -hmm. um what stakeholders are in the management and can you talk a little bit about stakeholders that have to do with fisheries and management definitely so when we talk about we'll talk about it in the context of florida maybe mm -hmm. because that's where we're our so just set a scene um when we talk about stakeholders that's anyone who has a stake in the issue and so um you can make it really narrow or you can make it really broad but you think about it as often we talk about anyone who impacts the resource we're talking about. So with fish, anyone who's out there fishing or is impacted by decisions. So you could also think about people at restaurants that are selling fish and buying fish from people fishing as part of that. But um, the main stakeholders that we think about when we're talking about fishing are what we call recreational anglers. So those are those people that go out and fish for fun. What we call commercial fishers. Those are the people that are out there catching fish to sell and then charter captains and fishing guides. They're somewhere in between. They're the ones that are hired to take people out fishing for fun. So we also sometimes think about, you know, the bait and tackle shops that sell gear to go fishing. And again, the people that are buying the fish and selling it can all be part of that system too. But the main ones we tend to talk about are those three groups of people out there fishing. So does, do any, are these stakeholders like negatively or positively affecting the water systems in Florida? Have you noticed anything with water systems? Is there anything that you want people to know about the current state of water? Oh gosh. Yes. yes. And when we talk about, so those are our stakeholders that we think about just when we're talking about fish, but we're talking more and more about, you know, how we think of the whole ecosystem. So fish live in water and live in habitat. And so you know, not only are people impacting the fish by catching them, you know, 
either throwing them back or keeping them. But there's also other stakeholders, other groups impacting the water the fish are living in. So people that live on the coast, people that you know impact. We talk a lot about water quality in the state, right? Things that are running off into the water, affecting nutrients into the water. We had red tide issues, and all of that can have an impact on on fish and fisheries. So why should the average person be interested in the research that you're doing? Oh yeah, that's a good, that's a one. good question, yes. right? <laughs> um, yeah, because it's. And, and I have to think about this because often most of the direct impacts I see are on what I can te- tell scientists and managers mm-hmm. about people. So when we talk about fisheries and fishing and keeping things sustainable, we hear those words a lot, right? Sustainability, conservation, um, you know, why people are fishing sustainably and things like that. Um, if we only study what's going on with fish and wildlife, we're only studying half the picture. So it's also important to know what people are doing, what we're catching, why we're fishing in certain ways, um, why we use different gear when we're fishing or not d- certain gears. Um, if you're in, you know, if you're teaching or you're doing environmental education, if you're doing things that are trying to change people's behavior, understanding why people do what we do, why we don't do certain things can be really important too. Um, also because it's just really cool. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, is there any like research or findings that you've had so far that you want people to know about? So like, what, what are you doing that like you want broadcasted to? And again, um, I've struggled with this when I think about science communication, Mm because I think it's kind of, you know, I'm studying, I'm studying people so I can almost tell people things about themselves. Yes. <laughs> Which is fine. <laughs> Which That's is, you know, why, yeah. why you might do what you do. Um, a lot of the things that we're talking about are global in scale. We're talking about big problems that we're facing into the future, like climate change, sea level rise. And a big part of that is understanding people, understanding why we believe certain things that we hear, why we don't believe other things how we communicate with each other. We have a lot of conflict and mistrust now, right? Not only of scientists and of decision makers, but also of each other. When we see we're in different groups, we identify as part of different parties or different you know, ways of thinking. And so some of our work looks at how we cross those lines. And so it not only is important you know, for these big conflicts about science and about you know global issues it also has interpersonal application so you know if a lot of the stuff i do i'm looking at these big contexts but it also helps me you know talk with my kids or understand why i might be in a fight with my sister you know it helps us understand how we work together and how we can come together to tackle big problems and how we can start to break down these conflicts and and understand each other better oh as a final, like, give me one sentence to wrap up how you want to portray your research and what you've got going on, which I know these are hard questions, but I'm making your brain work. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, and I'd have to think about how to summarize it in one sentence. So it, one thing I always try to drive home when I talk about the work I do is mm-hmm. how important it is to study people. And people often discount social science. They think, oh, we're just studying people. That's not that important. But it really is. You know, people impact everything. When we talk about fish, when we talk about habitat, we talk about water issues, we're often talking about people's actions and what they're doing and how they're influencing systems. When we talk about 
science and funding and all of that really comes down to understanding people and people's attitudes. Um, so if I had summed it all up, I guess I would say, I mean, my, I don't want to say my soapbox, but (laughs) that's fine. (laughs) Understanding what people are doing and why, and why we feel the way we do about things is really important. That's perfect. Thank you so much. Thanks to Dr. Crandall for taking time for this interview. I hope you learned more about human impacts on fisheries. Continue your journey through our H2NO series as we further explore the most essential nutrient we need as humans, water. And follow Streaming Science on our website, SoundCloud, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm your host, Shelby Howell. Thanks for listening.